0: Welcome to Kelly Dry's AdLow Access Podcast. This is Simone Roach. We've been hearing a lot lately about the FTC's rulemaking procedures under Section 18 of the FTC Act, also known as MAGMOS rulemaking, and long decried as too burdensome and difficult to use on a regular basis. This tool is now being celebrated for its enormous untapped potential to establish industry-wide standards and enable the FTC to get monetary relief in its cases, post-AMG. AMG didn't affect the FTC authority to obtain monetary relief when it's enforcing a rule. Is the old view or the new one correct? Is MAGMA's rulemaking really so cumbersome as many FTC staff and observers have long claimed? And have those burdens been overstated warranting the enthusiasm we're now seeing among FTC commissioners, consumer groups, and Congress? And did the FTC's changes to its internal rules last July really streamline the processes the FTC claimed? As suggested by the title of this blog post, I have an opinion. Magmas is still an uphill climb. However, to enable listeners to decide for themselves, I will detail the process processes laid out in the law. And although the FTC's July changes stripped away some extra steps it had previously imposed under its rules, the hurdles in the law remain formidable. And here's a bit of background regarding the changing narrative around Magmas rulemaking. For decades, the FTC has developed its consumer protection rules in one of two ways. One, as directed by Congress in federal legislation, or two, under Section 18 of the FTC Act. While rulemakings we'll in the first category generally follow the Administrative Procedures Act, Section 18 requires many more steps. And most of these steps were added to law in 1980 in response to perceived overreach by the agency during the Purchtuch era. According to Jeffrey Lubbers, a professor who has analyzed FTC rules developed under for example, the credit practices and use car rules, the average time it took to complete them was almost six years. But some rules taking even longer. In by contrast, the average time to complete rules under the AP, example, the Cooper and GRB rules, was less than a year. And due to this dramatic difference, MagMOS rulemaking has long been viewed to be extremely cumbersome, not a process to be launched lightly or with the expectation of rapid completion. And during the past year, however, the narrative around Magboss has changed dramatically as the FTC has sought new ways to obtain monetary relief and strengthen its hand in privacy. In March of 2021, the FTC formed a task force designed to identify possible candidates for Magma's rulemaking, acknowledging its bad reputation, but touting its capacity to deter harms through market-wide rules and civil penalties. Then in July, the FTC, by a 3-2 vote, announced changes to its internal rules, Stating that the changes would streamline the Magma's rulemaking process, remove decades of self imposed red tape, and allow the FTC to issue timely rules on a wide range of issues, particularly in the area of privacy. And one week later, the President's executive order on competition encouraged the FTC to issue a rule to address unfair data collection and surveillance practices, a call soon echoed in letters from Congress and consumer advocates. And then on December 9th, Following a series of policy statements extolling the virtues of rulemaking versus whack-a-mole enforcement, Jay Khan released an ambitious plan to launch multiple MadMoss rulemakings to define with specificity unfair or deceptive practices, including a range of abuses stemming from surveillance-based business models. Khan also called for multiple rules to define unfair methods of competition, an equally bold and controversial move that implicates another part of the FTC Act. And presto, in just eight short months of seemingly lockstep messaging, the counter narrative was complete. Magma's rulemaking, lots of it, will enable the FTC to stop industry wide harms, obtain penalties in a wide range of areas, and regain its leadership on privacy. The many steps in the Magma's rulemaking process. Now comes the hard part actually developing these rules in the timely way that's been promised. And of significance. MagMOS requires the FTC to prove that any practice it seeks to regulate is unfair or deceptive under the FTC Act. That is, it doesn't expand the FTC's ability to reach conduct it can't already reach in its enforcement actions. And here are the statutory requirements in greater detail. FTC publishes advanced notice of proposed rulemaking, ANPR, for public comment. NPR must detail the FTC's area of focus and objectives, as well as possible regulatory alternatives. 30 days prior to publication, the FTC must send copies to its congressional oversight committees. The FTC publishes notice of proposed rulemaking, NPR seeking public comment. NPR must set forth the rule text, reasons supporting it, any alternatives, and a preliminary regulatory analysis, assessing the costs and benefits of the proposal and alternatives. At the time of publication, the FTC must have reason to believe, in the form of FTC cease and desist orders or other evidence of widespread conduct, that the practices are prevalent. The FTC must make all comments public. Informal hearings. Any interested person may seek a hearing and present views. And if the FTC determines there are disputed issues, it must allow participants to submit rebuttal information and cross-examine other persons. The FTC may impose limits on this process, but such limits are a basis for court review and reversal. Presiding officers shall make recommendations as to all relevant and material evidence. The FTC publishes final rule. The rule must be accompanied by a statement of basis and purpose, detailing the following. One, the prevalence of the practices. Two, how they are unfair or deceptive, and three, the economic effect of the rule. And final regulatory analysis must assess the rule's cost and benefits and why it was chosen over alternatives. Any person may petition the FTC for exemption from this rule. Judicial review. Any person may seek review in the D.C. Court of Appeals within 60 days of promulgation. In addition to normal grounds for review under the APA, the court may warn Direct the FTC to consider additional submissions. Two, set aside the rule if it's not supported by substantial evidence, a markedly different standard than arbitrary and capricious. And three, set aside the rule if FTC's limits on rebuttal or cross-examination precluded disclosure of material facts. The court decisions are final, subject only to the Supreme Court review. Rule enforcement. When enforcing rules... The FTC may seek penalties now up to $46,517 per violation and/or consumer redress in federal district court. However, to get penalties, the FTC must show the defendant violated the rule with actual knowledge or knowledge fairly implied and must refer the case to the DOJ for review and filing. As previously mentioned, the FTC's July rule changes stripped away some steps that had been added to the statutory requirements, including the need for written staff report and provisions allowing the presiding officer to compel in-person attendance and production of documents and written answers to questions. However, even without these added steps, MAGMOS remains a long and rocky road, especially for one complex rules with dozens of mandates, each of which must show to be unfair or deceptive as well as prevalent, and two, controversial matters which are likely to prompt multiple requests for hearings, cross-examinations, rebuttals, extensions, and court review. The FTC's foray into surveillance and other broad privacy topics could crash into all of these obstacles. And on the other hand, for issues that are more straightforward, MAGMOS may prove to be a valuable tool. On December 16th, just a week after Khan announced her plans to develop multiple MAGMOS rules, she called for a vote on the first of these efforts, a narrowly tailored rulemaking to prohibit government and business impersonation fraud. And although Commissioners Phillips and Wilson had dissented strenuously from Kahn's broader plan, with Wilson dubbing it a ruler-palooza, they voted to launch this first rule to deter a pernicious and pervasive fraud that had already been found to be illegal in numerous FTC cases. And so we will see in the coming months how the FTC's rulemaking efforts play out, Will the FTC's surveillance rule reach as broadly as Khan suggested? Or will the agency proceed more narrowly as it did for impersonation fraud? Will the FTC issue multiple rulemaking proposals at once? Or will it proceed more methodically? Whether the rules are broad or narrow, many or few, the MAGMOS process ensures that companies will have many opportunities to provide input. And so stay tuned for further updates. And if you'd like more information on what you've heard on this topic, please contact Jessica Rich. You can find the contact details in the show notes. Also, please see our Advertising and Privacy Law Resource Center available at kellydry.com.